Blog Talk Radio.
Messiah, Jehovah, the mighty God. Well, good evening, and welcome to Miracle Internet Church. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and we are so happy that you are able to join us. Praise the Lord. You know, saints, God has a blessing for us. He has a blessing for us. And as we press through these somewhat trying times, depending on which day of the week it is, of course, uh, you'll find out that after a while, there's a break. There's a breakthrough. You know, it's like a a huge storm comes through, and before you know it, the storm's over, and the sun comes back out. Well, God has a blessing for us. We've been uh, persevering in his name, and we've been trying to do the things that he's asked us to do. We've been making the changes that he's called us to make, And it's going to be all right. Amen? Amen. So if you needed to hear that, there you have it. Amen? (laughs) If you needed to hear that, there you have it. Yes, there's times of pressing through, and there's times of breakthrough, and there's times of recovery. And we're going to, by faith, enter into all. Amen? Amen. God is working a work in our church, and he's working a work in the lives of the members of our church. And I'm expecting new growth. We have been faithful to do what God's asked us to do, and I'm expecting there to be a reward because he rewards those who diligently seek him out. Amen? So... Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Um, What was that about to say? All right. You're going to get a few challenges, okay? Let me put it that way. There are going to be a few challenges. But in the name of Jesus, you just press right through the challenge, and God will bring you out. Keep trusting him. Keep doing what God's saying to do. And he'll bring you right out. It's going to be all right. But we have to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Amen? Amen. Sometimes we think we know an answer, but we don't. But God has us, and he'll He'll keep us on track if we trust him. Amen? He will keep us on track if we trust him. A special welcome to our first-time listeners We are a Christian, non-denominational, holy, international, church, Protestant. Amen? And we love the Lord. We're founded in the love of the Lord. We love God, and we love one another. And you'll find out if you choose to spend time with us, that we express our love one to another in a way that pleases God and gives him the glory. So I want to encourage you to keep your eyes 
on the Lord. As we uh, go through the situations of this life, you say, well, Lord, why did you let that happen? But you see, every time he lets something happen that you think, God, that's not the right thing, he pulls back, uh, it's like he pulls back another page in the book, and he lets you see. If I don't do it this way, you won't know who is who. And I went, oh, okay, I got it. Now it's clear to see what the challenge is. Okay, all right, I agree you had to do it that way so we could see this or else we wouldn't know this. Okay, I got it now. See, God has a method. It looks like madness, but it's actually his method working out. And some people don't ever come to know the Lord that well. They don't get to know these nuances about him because all they want is the gloss over, the fire insurance, and that's about it. But there's a lot more uh, to the Lord than, than fire insurance. It's a lot more to the Lord than getting your bills paid, to the Lord than getting your body healed. There's a lot more to the Lord if you want to know him. But most people run to him for fire insurance. They want to make sure they miss hell. They want their needs met, whatever that need happens to be at that moment. And that's about it. They don't really want to know the Lord himself. But he's the jewel in the crown. And if you miss the jewel in the crown, it has very little meaning. He's the jewel in the crown. He is the pearl of great price. If you run to get all the other goodies and you miss him, you've really missed the whole thing. I mean, who's going to go to heaven and spend eternity with somebody you don't know? And that's what some people are about. They want what they can get out of God. They don't really want to know God. Amen. They want to know what they can get from him, can do for him. Like he's like he's the fuller brush man. You know, no no offense to the fuller brush man. But they just want what he's going what he's going to give them. They want the goodies, the freebies. They don't want to learn. <laughs> Amen. They don't want to learn. Amen. <laughs> they don't want to sacrifice. They don't want to press in to know the Lord. They just want the goodie bag. So. I hope that you have come to the place in the Lord where you realize that that's not what God is expecting of us. Amen? God is expecting us to mature, to grow up, and not to just lay out and holler and scream like babies. Amen? I need, I want, I feel, I need, I want, I feel, I need, I want. I feel, I need, I want, I feel. And that's all you hear. 
He wants us to really grow up, okay? And he's giving us. He's giving us an opportunity to do that. So take advantage of this opportunity, all right? Take advantage. You think that's a song? You think that'll be a, a bestseller? I think, I want, I feel, I think I want, I feel. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, we'll work on that. <laughs> uh-huh. It's got to be more. It's got to be more to it than that. You've actually, at some point, got to come to know the Lord. Amen? You know, he says there's a passes all understanding. It's him. It's him. He gives you his peace, not as the world gives, because he's giving you himself. Amen. The rest of us will get there one day. I have faith. Amen. <laughs> I have faith. <laughs> so let's go ahead and pray. Because we have uh, quite a bit to talk about tonight. And I want to thank the Lord for his all-sufficient grace. Amen. God has said to us, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. Oh, Lord, to our gracious God, thank you for your grace, which is greater than all our sin or sickness. We rejoice in the marvelous grace which you have bestowed upon our lives. All of your promises are for us. We truly abound in your grace, O Lord, which is always sufficient for us. Your grace, Lord, is enough in any situation. When we feel weak, We will be glad and glorify your name so that the power of Christ our Savior will rest upon us. Thank you for your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is gracious like you are, Father. Thank you for his willingness to impart his grace to us. Even though he was rich, for our sake he became poor so that through his poverty we might be made rich and abundantly supplied. Thank you, Father. This is true grace in our life, and we fully and thankfully receive it as a treasure treasure which we cannot earn. It is a gift of your great love for us. Yes, we know your grace is sufficient for us, Father. By your grace through faith, we were saved. Your favor, your grace in our lives has provided us with the wonderful gift of salvation. Like Noah, we have found grace in your sight, Father. Thank you so much. Our Savior is your Son, Jesus Christ who is also your incarnate word. He is full of grace and truth. Thank you for allowing us to receive of his fullness. 
grace for grace. We are so thankful, Lord, that we have been freely justified by the grace of Jesus Christ because of your loving mercy and grace, Father. Our peace is constantly being multiplied. Thank you, God, for the power of your grace, which always keeps us. We rejoice in you, Father. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, We pray for Brother Marshall's voice and his sinuses, and we pray for my voice and my sinuses. And thank you, Lord, that we have sinuses to pray for. We're grateful. And we thank you for strengthening our voice, the both of us, so that we can fulfill the call that you have on our lives to present the gospel. We thank you for this gracious opportunity. And we thank you for your love and for the saints. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, As the body of Christ is Miracle Internet Church, we're releasing the fear of the Lord, holiness, humility, faith, strength, abundant grace, victory in spiritual warfare, truth, and favor over all MIC members. We want to thank you, Father, for your continual coverage of our website and app. And any attacks that we have, Lord, We send it back from whence it came in Jesus' name. We're praying for the members of MIC to continue to believe for and receive healings in their bodies, whether it be weight gain or loss, cessation of pain, inflammation, stress, stroke, concussions, muscle fatigue, plague, sicknesses, sinus infirmities, headaches, excess fluid, circulation, Lewy body dementia, belly fat, hypertension, the after effects of COVID, and much more. Father, we're calling on our Lord for mercy and abounding grace. Types of Jesus, because by your stripes, Lord, we have been healed. We are praying for the members of Miracle Internet Church to receive healing, emotional regulation, deliverances, and recovery in our minds. Thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we lift up everybody who's experiencing unusual bouts of fatigue. We send this attack of the enemy back where it came from. We bind the vampire spirits that come to suck our energy and vitality out of us. And we send it back from where it came in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that not only is your grace sufficient, but your healing, the stripes of Jesus Christ by which we have been healed. We thank you, and we claim our healing. We're going we're gonna to hold on to our healings, Lord. Yes, we are. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. 
Amen. We're praying for breakthroughs with recovery and an increase in faith for our members, for the special members that we've listed, Lord. And we're praying for the marriages in MIC that God will accomplish his will in their union. And we are praying for the souls which will receive from the Lord through our efforts during this season, Father. Thank you. 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 Amen. Thank you so very much, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity and the privilege, and we thank you for the outcome. Amen. Amen. So, Lord, as is our custom, we come before you repenting of our own sins. Amen. We come before you forgiving everyone who has sinned against us or sinned against our family members. We ask you to forgive them, Lord, everybody who is ugly to us. We forgive them, Lord, and we ask you to forgive them. And whatever adjudication the righteous judge has, uh, well, Father, we thank you for the release of that adjudication in the earth in Jesus' name. We hand you, Father, all of these circumstances of life, everyday living, that have been uh, grievous to us, that have been a vexation to us, that have been a burden to us, that have been a bother or an annoyance to us, Father. We lift these things before you, Father, and we ask for the adjudications of the righteous judge. We forgive. We forgive the event and the circumstance and all of that. And we ask you, Father, if there's any wound to heal us in the name of Jesus, to close every breach in Jesus' name. And we cast these cares upon you right now because we know that you care for us, Lord. So we're letting go. Whatever, we're we're letting go. We're, We're passing it over to the Holy Spirit right now, and we've taken our hands away. And we lift our hands in praise to you, Lord, and we thank you for your blessing of grace to us. We let it go. The Holy Spirit has it now. We don't have it anymore. And so we thank you, Lord, for the relief that we feel, for the burden that's been lifted, and for the peace that has come. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. There's always, you know, a situation, but you're God no matter what. So, Father, we thank you that our loins are girded about with truth and that we've put on the breastplate of righteousness and our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We take the shield of faith so we'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We have on our helmet of salvation, and we're taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We're covered in the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. We thank you for linking shields, warring angels, praising angels. But most of all, Father, we thank you for your own very presence in our midst. We welcome and rejoice in your presence. We thank you that we're the head, not the tail, and no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. 
And we thank you, Lord, for only wholesome words coming from our mouths in Jesus' name. We ask you, Lord, to wash our mouths out with the blood of Jesus and the water of the word. We give you praise for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are a shepherd and we shall not want, that you supplied all of our need according to your riches and glory, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we cast down all imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and we bring every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We thank you for divine help. We thank you that you're the God who heals us, and by your stripes, Lord Jesus, we have been healed. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and we praise you for prosperity and excellent health in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, decisions, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his wicked powers. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places in Jesus' name. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons. Listeners, reporters, watchers, peeps, whispers, familiar demons, electronic digital technology demons and their attacks, Leviathan spirits and their attacks, all Kundalini brainwashing spirits and their attacks. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I didn't even notice that. Thank you very kindly. That was nice. Hmm. All Leviathan spirits and their attacks, all Kundalini brainwashing spirits and their attacks, all water marine spirits and their attacks, sex devils and their attacks, unclean spirits and their attacks, passive devils, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation, artificial intelligence, smart dust and their attacks, all sorcery devils and their attacks, all seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits and their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, and their attacks, we bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons, uh, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, the seducer, and their attacks, all hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks, all mystic rituals and their intent. We bind electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and particle attacks, techno-paganism, mind controlled by the occult, targeted radio frequencies, all pulse weapons and their attacks, all microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequency attacks, the work of every druid, binding all microwave frequency weapons, 5G and components, everything coming from outer space as we refer to it, 
uh, on any orbit in the name of Jesus Christ from any galaxy in the name of Jesus Christ and using any uh, planet or any star or any solar system as a, a point to launch an attack. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ, you Lord. We bind anything coming from any station that was planted planted on a planet. And we bind anything coming through the satellites as a weapon against us. We bind EMP attacks in Jesus' name. Something trying to knock us off the grid. We bind it in the name of Jesus. We bind all those beams being sent against us in the name of Jesus. We reflect them back where they belong with the with the shield of faith that we raise. Thank you, Lord, for what you do when we pray. Thank you for your angels moving and working whenever we pray. We take authority, dominion, and power over the demons in the second heaven in the name of Jesus. And we ask you, Lord, to allow your angels to defeat them this very hour in Jesus' holy name. Thank you. We give you praise, glory, and honor. Amen, amen, amen. We love you, Lord. We want to thank you, Father, for victories in the in the ordinary uh, situations of daily life where we have to press through an issue. We want to thank you for victory in those situations in Jesus' name. Thank you that we have a global prayer war prayer warrior room so that we can enter our prayer requests and come into agreement before your throne on what you decide. Thank you for your answers and solutions to our daily situations, Father, in Jesus' name. You always have a better idea, always. So we thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We honor you. We bless the name of Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your warring angels that war over us continually. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it, Father. Anything coming through the cell towers and through our electronic devices, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You have no power over us in Jesus' name. And we bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing. We give you praise, Lord, for what you are doing, the things we see and the things we cannot see, the things we see and the things we cannot see. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind force feedback, cyber stalking, cyber sex, cyber sex crimes. Pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, binding all vibrations which are demons. We bind all more gentlemen's attacks. We bind Buddhist black magic. Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Islander, Indigenous group, Rokate, Tribal group, Rekisileriosura, Ya Yet to be Discovered group, Rega, Ruholeria, Rokota, Islander, Rukata, Rukadiria, Barusha, Leridia, Malaysia, Rolara, 
Roca de Indonesia, Roda de Rionda, Rikisa Tarabaro, Celerario So, Russian, Rokotaria, Kotara Brishata, Runga de Riborosa de Rioso, what used to be Yugoslavia, Ruga de Nanruga de Riborishanadia, Runga de Riborishanadio Solada de Okurkisata, Runga de Riborishanadia, Sarigi de Rola de Dia, Roba Baba, Kushe Reca, Che, Runga de Rebra, Niger, Runga de Riborosa de Diaca, Rugundi de Brise, Runga de Riborishanadio Sunda Brekideria, Avery Coast. Rukata, rinde de manasha, rukuta da brishala, runga de brushala de yosunda da brakakur, kisata, yarikisata da brikadere de gana, runga de brishala de yosunda, rela de yosota da brikadere de yosolara de yosota, the Arabian Peninsula, ri de kusha, runga de brai, ringa de brishala de yosolara de yosolara de yosota da brai, ruka de brishala de yosota da brai. All the countries that are supported by the Mediterranean Sea. Ra de rugunde rigara. Irrigide de brosha. Runga de brosha la diosunde de brica de diora la diosunde de bru. Rela de diosunde de bra. Portugal and Spain. Runga de brosha la dia. Reca de brosha la dioso. Japan. Ruka de brosha la dia satarabra. Haiti. Ruka de brosha. Runga de brosha la dia. Jamaica. Ruka de Costa Rica. Rica de brosha. Ranga de Rabrosha de Radio, the Dominican Republic, Aroga de Rabrosha, Renda de Broca de Radio Sula de Yasanda de Brica de Radio Sula, Rile Lea Kishe, Rula de Dianda, Rocoho Baba Baba, Rocotoro Bri, Argentina, Rica de Nicaragua, Ruta de Bri, Renda de Yasa, Canada, Ruca de Liberisha de Dia Casarabra, Australia, Rita Nabrusa Tara. Runda da Brica de Rena, Norway and Sweden, Ru de Riki, Raka de Brisha de Yokaru, Gudi de Brusha, Rela de Yakia, Rokunda, Risita de Bruca, Babebe, Yarrige de Brusa de Yosur, Gisa de Bruca, Bababaru, Kutorobri, Rike de Brusha de Yosunda, the European Union. Raka Kuka, Germany, Cabals of witches. Covens of witches, Aradeosa, wizards, sorcerers, witch doctors, divinators, liars, globalists, Urrelaradiosundarabraki, Rukaterebrisha, warlocks, Urregedabrishaladiosundarabra, Rungedabrishaladiosundarabrakadidiosuladayasatarabra. All that come under the umbrella of the Illuminati, you are bound in the name of Jesus Christ. Your methodology is bound in the name of Jesus Christ. Your purpose is bound in the name of Jesus Christ. All non-governmental agencies that support such tyranny, we bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind your funding in the name of Jesus. Including the WEF, the WHO, and the UN. Ruga de Rabrushala de Yosunda de Bracon, Gurukanda de Bray, Runga de Rabrushala de Yosola de Yosola. We bind the rhinos, Urga de Regaharake, 
Ringe de la brushala de Dios la de Dios sota. Ringe de la brushala de aquí arrugunde rigise. Ringe de la brushala de Dios son de la braco gaharriki. Ringe de la brushala de Dios la de acurregar que de la necesidad. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, and we give you praise. You do in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind our Caribbean and Latin American black and white magic in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal form, all shape-shifting spirits, trapping them into their shifted form for eternity. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture, We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, hyperactivity, and low levels of dopamine. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect, all satanic ritual abuse, devil, satanic worship, witchcraft dedications, and all rituals done on the powers of the moon. Father, we take authority, dominion, and power over all the witchcraft that is going to be done on the hunter's moon on this coming Saturday. We bind all those powers in advance in the name of Jesus Christ. We send those wicked works uh, back against the conjurers in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind that. We, the sun shall not smite us by day nor the moon by night. Thank you, Lord, for, to cover uh all the uh, people that are weak in their minds and in their bodies so that the witchcraft that's being performed will not affect them in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their web, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the grove. And and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, monitor, track, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of injected persons upon us. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools, the spirit of the fool. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We bind food, lust, addictions, and gluttony. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, all blood rituals, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, right, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, thou root worker, sin against us, chin sending demons to us to work against us. And against all that pertains to us, no demon, no wicked person, unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights, returning to sender or witchcraft attacks through channeling and otherwise against the sal- uh, and the satellites against the website and the apps, returning all Cameroonian wizardry, 
Black Magic, Jujus, Hexes, and Vexes, uh, Nigerian and Travel, Witchcraft Returned in Jesus' Name, Chaldean Witchcraft Returned, Spanish Witchcraft Returned, Breaking and Destroying Our Social and Emotional and Psychological Ties with Food and Drink, which are displeasing to Jesus Christ, binding superficial religious acts, binding magic spells for love, money, protection, black magic, white magic, candle magic, hoodoo, root work, lucky charms, high magic, and folk magic spells, binding the demons of energies, boomeranging their wicked works upon them, binding all magical language, magical signs, and magical patterns, even in numbering, binding synchrony, binding and caging Poseidon and all other Underwater demons, in the name of Jesus, stripping them of their crown and powers and transferring them back to Jesus Christ, binding Jewish magic mysticism, magic writings, magic artifacts, binding the essence of magic and Jewish magic by practitioners, amulets, bowls, precious stones, incantations, divining practices, magic spells, and potions. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, Mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, Make-Believe, Fantasy, Fables, Enchantments, False Religions, Numerology, Horoscopes, False Flags, we we bind the spirits and works of the oppressors and the spirit the works in the children of disobedience. We bind martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic practices and lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. We bind the king of pride and all of his underlings. We chain them with eternal chains and darkness, and we send them into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, food, fecal, and soulish sacrifices. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, unyielding, nature worship, Deception, idle mind, unfocused mind, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, violence, and temptation to sin. In Jesus' name. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, uh, uh, Basilic, Molech, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses. Osiris, Isis, on and all false deities, Mammon, Atlas, and Baphomet in his 72. We chain you with eternal chains under darkness and send you into the spiritual cage uh, to meet Jesus. And I don't think you're going to like it. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, 
Voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, psychic weapons, crofters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, signals, and we return their affliction to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the powers of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, vow, pledge, and pact. We bind the rituals, the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, the worship, the grip, Freemasonry, the rituals of every secret society, and the rituals, vows, and pledges of the associated organizations in Jesus' name. We bind all of their wicked works, Father, in the name of Jesus. All of their signs, all of their symbology, Thank you, Lord. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the insanity, pride, work of errors, and foolishness of our own opinions. We bind being misled. We return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head. According to the scriptures, we bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control. We bind the spirit of slumber. Father, we bind the works of those who work to bring honor to themselves. Father, we thank you that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. Thank you, Lord. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we Ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief in accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we command every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, or transferred us to leave us now. We bind every devil that's come through the web pages, through the computer, and through uh, our cellular devices. We bind them all and send them back where they came from in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Israel, Palestine, and all kings and all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, especially Christians that are being persecuted and left behind in Afghanistan or somewhere else. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us, Lord. We send back to the enemy all confusion, gossip, backbiting, division. In Jesus' holy name, along with whatever new coronavirus they're sending out this week. We cover ourselves, Father, with the blood of Jesus and our mode of transportation, even if it's our own two feet. We take authority and dominion over animals and demons of the road. 
We take authority, dominion, and power over animals, uh, other people's pets coming into our yards, Father, in the name of Jesus, not just to do their business, but to snoop around and come investigate us. We bind them in the name of Jesus and send them back where they came from, in the name of Jesus. Father, we cover our pets with the blood of Jesus, especially during this season, during these high days, in the name of Jesus. We are particularly aware, Father, and just because the uh, appearance appears to be innocent, we do not drop, Father, in the name of Jesus. We go on with the warfare as prescribed in Jesus' name. Father, we cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over all demons of the night, bad dreams, night dreams, sex dreams, anyone or anything trying to get into our dreams and command them to stay away. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us protection to cover us day or night. And we thank you, Lord, for your very presence that covers us. We pull out, in the name of Jesus Christ, all fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, witchcraft, curses, and anything being sent to us from the demonic realm. We return it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you open our eyes and our understanding so we, you can show us what the enemy is actually doing against us individually, whether it's on our property, whether it's through interactions with others. Regardless of how the attacks are coming, Lord, we thank you for opening our eyes and understanding so we can take authority, dominion, and power and cease and desist the attack in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, some of us live in situations where um, we're not the only person living in the unit, and we don't have control over what other people do. But, Father, we lift up the other people and, and their due to you. Whether it's a private residence, uh, whether it's a shared living community, uh, whether it's a dorm, Wherever it is, Father, in the name of Jesus. Whether it's a hotel or a motel. Whether it's an apartment building. Or condominium. Or row home. Father, I thank you that you, you're remedying the situation in my neighborhood. As, as, uh, per our prayers, Father, my prayers in particular, in Jesus' name, and others. And I ask you, Lord, to do that for others as well. Father, 
Rekebe, Rona de Sonda de Broca de Lidia, Ringi di Liburusha de Yakur, Rigi Sitter Amorosa de Dea, Ringi de Rabrosa de Yosola de Yosola de Yakur, Gide de Yasa, Rika de Rabrosa de Dieta de Dieta de Ruko Halele, Rika de Rabrosa de Yasota Rabrakia. We take authority, dominion, and power over ungodliness in our neighborhood in the name of Jesus Christ. Ungodliness, Rigi de uncleanness. Lawlessness, activities and behaviors, that are outside the scope of what God would call wholesome living. We bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. Ruka, endangering human life. Urgisele de Diosu. Rumba Baba Rula de Diasa de Bruca de Lidia. Rike de Gibrushale de Diosola de Aconda. Rigisa de Bruke. Father, we declare our grounds to be holy ground in Jesus' name. Holy ground, and you will get the glory. Ride Rusa la de Yosunda de Bruca de Lidiola la dea. Raca de Rebrishale de Diosola de Diacurro Cohole de Dea. We cut and destroy all ungodly silver cords and ley lines and sever from ourselves ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other forms of agreement with the demonic realm. We break down and destroy walls of protection. And uh, shields around all witches, warlocks, wizards, Satanists, nanotechnology, globalists, shamans, sorcerers, divinators, liars, and such. In the name of Jesus Christ, we break the power of their charms, love spells, vexes, hexes, and curses. In Jesus' name, we bind psychic prayers and thoughts, all bewitchment, all death spirits, all witchcraft. All voodoo, fetishes, charms, spells, magic, destruction, uh, sickness, pain, incense and candle burns, torment, psychic power, incantations, psychic warfare, prayer, chains, ungodly blessings, root work, tribal rituals and sin, and every other form of evil that is being sent against God's people. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your power. We return to the enemy. All the spirits of wizardry, jealousy, envy, bitterness, hatred, lying, and we send back spirits of bondage, spirits of heaviness and hate. We thank you, Lord, for breaking yokes, for breaking yokes in the name of Jesus, and we release the empowerment of the spirit of the living God in our vessels at Miracle Internet Church in Jesus' name. And everybody said, I receive, Lord. Thank you. Amen. I receive you. Thank you. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, let's see. Here we go. Well, Our featured psalm is Psalm 116, and our verse for meditation, verses rather for meditation, come from the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 17, verses 27 and 28. Our featured e-book is Prince of of the Air Bible Study, Sons of Belial. 
Now, some of you are asking, well, who's Belial? Well, Belial is this ugly demon, real bad, nasty demon, and he draws Christians away from Christianity and away from Christ. And he's been working in this church on certain members. You've been you've been wondering, well, should I go with my uh, my coworkers here, or should I go with this group I'm accustomed to being with there? Well, if Jesus doesn't want you to go, the answer is no. There, that's simple enough. Have you consulted the Lord? Have you done Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7? Well, if you stick to doing Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7, you won't be confused and you won't be lost. If you have an unction from the Holy One and it says don't go, that that's all there is you need to know. There's nothing to discuss. Amen? Praise the Lord. So I know during this season, uh, some of us get invitations here, there, and everywhere. But if God isn't sending you, then you don't have any business going. Does that make it easier for you? If Jesus isn't sending you, you don't have any business going. Amen? Your life is hid in God in Christ, and you are not your own. You were bought with a price. You belong to him. Your future belongs to him. So you cannot plan your future. Your God has already done that. Amen? Praise the Lord. So tonight we're going to talk about the call to trust. The call to trust. The call to trust. Amen. Saints, God dearly loves us. Yes, he does. God dearly loves us. Yes, he does. And he has provided all that we will ever need. He has already provided. Yes, he has. He did this before the foundation of the world provide, saints, everything we need. He has already provided. Yes, even the opportunity to overcome our own insecurity. Really? Yes, he's provided the opportunity for us to overcome our own insecurity. Insecurities? Yes. Stop pretending you don't have any. Amen? Amen. Because I don't know too many humans who don't have any. Amen. If you recall, we have been for, oh, a long time now, a few years now, on Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Let's go back. And seek my faith. And turn from their wicked ways. And turn from their wicked ways. 
some of us has gotten as far as humbling ourselves some, praying more than we used to, and seeking God's face. But you see, you have to do the turning or you can't get to the next part. We must needs be continue to turn from our own wicked ways because we have them. And they do not please God, they're called sin. And they prevent our blessings from reaching us the way God would like. Yes, because we're, we're, as we put it in these days, we're out of sync with Jesus. Amos 3.3 says, two cannot walk together lest they be agreed. Well, that means we have to get in step with the Lord. Because he says, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. So we have to get on down to business with the turning from the wicked ways some more. Amen? Praise God. We're on our way. Amen. Yes, God has given us the opportunity to overcome our own insecurities. We don't have to remain in bondage. Jesus says, let me go to my scripture here. Jesus said that he came. Because he'd been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. All right? So you don't have to stay in bondage. To tell you the truth, if you stay in bondage, it really is your own fault at this point. Because God has made every provision for you not to. We can learn, L-E-A-R-N, we can learn to trust God and to trust others too. Uh-huh, yeah. This inability to be a trusting person even carries over into the ability to delegate. Yeah. Inability to be a trusting person. It even carries over into our ability to delegate and has its roots deep in insecurity. Insecurity. Yes. You said, but pastor, I don't really want to talk about that. Well, God wants to talk about it, so we're going to talk about it. Because most people tell big fibs. They try to pretend that they don't have any. I don't know why, because their insecurity shows wherever they go. It's not like you can hide it, you know? It's it's not like something you can pretend you don't have. It's there, and it's going to show up, you know, like body odor. 
Yes, and and everybody around you will know that that's what the problem is. You'll be uh, uh, walking around with your head stuck in the air, and everybody will be turning their nose. So let's work on it, shall we? We're supposed to be. We're supposed to be uh, ambassadors for Christ. That's right. We're supposed to be ambassadors. Remember we talked about that? We just finished talking about that. You can't be a good ambassador walking around with your insecurities showing everywhere you go. Amen. Everywhere you go, you say that you don't feel safe from danger, that you're not confident, that you're filled with anxieties and apprehension, that you're not dependable nor reliable, that you vacillate too much. Well, I don't think any of us really want to tell anybody that, but we do. So God says, let's deal with it, okay? So let's go. To Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start with verse 41. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start with verse 41. Amen. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 41. And it's this about Jesus and his parents. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him was astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not, did ye not know that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and statue and in favor with God and man. Amen. So, our Lord Jesus, even at age 12, was surprised that his parents could not trust him to be about his father's business. Is it possible that Jesus was such a secure person 
that he assumed his parents were as secure as he was. Well, just as many of us, his parents most likely came from such an unstable hereditary environment that it was difficult for them to be the trusting people that their eldest son expected them to be. Mary and Joseph lived in a negative society. See, we have something in common with them, don't we? Yes, they did. Amen. They lived in what we call a negative society. Probably every day, the conversation was mixed with uncertainties, tons of hearsay. Rumor and horror-filled happenings were the topics of the day's chatter. Like our days, the future was always clouded with gloomy predictions. Most people don't really change things. Like us, they probably talked about the scarcity of necessities and the cost, which may have been beyond their means. We talk about that all the time, the price of the gas. Did you know that a loaf of bread is $4.50 a loaf? You know, the usual. The talk was about political situations and how the leadership was not who they ought to be and should not be trusted. It probably sounded much like we do. kind of society we were born into does not produce secure adults. I'll say that again. The kind of society which we were born into does not produce secure adults. Even after we receive the Lord Jesus and his sacrificial death, even after we are assured that our names are written in heaven. Really? Yes. In Luke chapter 10, verse 20, Luke chapter 10, verse 20, we find the following. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So now, if you had missed that, now you know. Yet we remain basically insecure as people. Our destination has changed. Some of our our habits have changed. But seldom does our old nature become entirely a new one. But now, saints, let me tell you that. Jesus has promised that we could have a new nature. It's been given to us. We've got it. We just have to let our new nature take over completely and ditch the old one. But rarely do people ever do that. 
they're too accustomed to what they have always been. They don't always see the bright light that Jesus is trying to guide them into. Sometimes people prefer their old wickedness to new godly or righteous habits. They don't want to do the pressing into God that's required. They don't want to do the pressing in that is required. They don't want to do the warfare that is required. They don't want to do the fasting. They don't want to do the praying. They don't want to do the warfare. They don't want to do and they don't want to do and they and the list goes on and on and on. And so you've met a lot of those kind of people. They don't want to change. They like themselves pretty much the way they are. No matter how much they don't resemble Jesus Christ, they're satisfied with fire insurance. Amen, and it's a real world. And you can't make people want what they don't want to want. You can tell them about it, preach it to them, but if they don't want it from within, well, that's the way it is. Amen. So, okay, we were headed to hell. Now we're headed to heaven. Our old habits, we don't go to the club anymore, okay? We, we, we dropped some of those habits. But the complete transformation from the dropping off of the old nature, the flesh nature, and walking in the spirit like Jesus did, we don't ever go there. We might get started, but we figure, oh, well, I've done enough, and then we don't go any further. Calls for remember, we read Second uh, Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen. He said, "Turn t u r n from your wicked way." He didn't mean think about it. He meant to do it. Amen. So that's what we're saying here. We've got a new nature to walk in, but some of us just don't want to drop off the old one. Much of what caused insecurity early in our lives stems from experiences with others, experiences such as abuse, rejection, disappointment, frustration, ridicule, sibling rivalry, bullying, and on and on and on. These past experiences, if not faced in Christ, if not dealt with in Christ, if not overcome in Christ, will continue to be a part of our daily experiences. If we don't get cut free, we're going to stay in bondage. Well, I want to be free. Somebody wrote me and told me they wanted to be free, but I'm yet to hear from that individual, from that saint, the work that they are being that they are doing with the Lord to uncover the things from their past that are holding them back and I'm waiting to hear the report see when you do work there's a report that's made yeah well I've been seeking the Lord pastor and the Lord's been showing me 
and the Lord's been showing me, and the Lord's been showing me, and the Lord, and, and I need prayer for this. Okay, now we're ready to get some work done. Amen? Now we're ready to get some work done in Christ. Amen. Most of our inability to trust in God comes from an insecure and unstable path. Most of our inability to trust in God comes from an insecure and unstable path. Our subconscious minds have been so soaked by the ravages of corrupt human efforts where humans are literally their own God. That it is difficult to easily become God trusting people. Many Christians grow up hearing more about the failure of prayer than about its success. Many of us were exposed to horribly failed marriages, and we exited that season with little hope for our own relationship. And the list goes on and on of experiences that we've had as we grew up, and they gave us a negative reflection of that kind of situation, and we grew up to either shun it or we walked right into it and ruined our own lives. I think many people can relate to that. You grew up in a certain situation, and it seems like uh, the situation followed you after you left. And it's like it was like a monkey on your back. Everywhere you went, that situation was still there. And no matter what you did, you couldn't seem to get rid of it. Amen? So your mother married a drunk. And so what did you do? You married a drunk. And then you divorced that drunk and married another drunk. And it just rolls on and on. You know, your mother got pregnant out of wedlock. Then you got pregnant out of wedlock. Then your daughters all got pregnant out of wedlock. And it just rolls on and on and on. Your dad could never keep stable work. And then his son couldn't keep stable work. And now the grandsons and nephews can't keep stable. And it just goes on and on. You know? So until you really meet Christ and find out about his miraculous power and his wonderful work to set you free from bondage, you just keep repeating the same old problem over and over and over again. Amen. Until we become Christians, we fight a continuous battle with doubt, fear, and unbelief. Here we go again, doubt. Fear, unbelief, doubt, fear, unbelief, and we're tired of it. Even more of us have had to battle a childhood fear that that as soon as all was going well and things were getting easier, that's just the time 
that you could be hit by an avalanche of trouble. Some people have that fear in their lives. They're afraid for things to get really good for them because they fear that as soon as things really peak, here comes trouble, and it's going to smash everything right back down to where it was before. Some people have that. So it goes like this. So if the farmers had a bumper crop this year, they are sure to have three years of doubt. And thus we have superstition, something Christians are not supposed to have. That's right. Most of the insecurity of our wicked and amoral society have become deeply entrenched in our minds and memories. These insecurities, when brought over into our Christian faith, greatly inhibit us, marrying our, marring our past and harassing us almost relentlessly. You see, what we, try, what we do end up doing is this. Okay, we've got this load of mess, junk, weight on our back. Okay, we come over into Christianity. We don't dump the stuff and let it go. No, we drag some of it right into Christianity with us. And it takes a long time for us to truly develop enough faith in Jesus Christ to let go. But let go, we must, because we can't make our turn the way God's telling us in Second Chronicles 7 if we keep holding on. We got to let go of that stuff. That's right. We've got to be willing to let go. We've got to be willing to hand it back over to God and say, this isn't for me, Lord. Your word says this and this, and I've got this, and it's got to go. It's not a part of our relationship. Amen? We got to get there, church. These very things, these insecurities, and see, we try to cover them up and pretend they're not there. For some reason, we figure if we raise the shield of faith high enough, nobody will see them. Wrong. It doesn't work that way. We all need to confess our weaknesses and seek God to be healed from these insecurities by constantly acknowledging God's security. That's right. God has security for us, which is in us by salvation through Jesus Christ. God has security for us. But we have to give up the insecurities to get it. And some of us aren't ready to let go. So we have to talk about it some more. Not only does our insecurity interfere with our simple faith in God and interfere with our prayer lives, security even interferes with our trusting each other. That's what it does. It interferes. It causes problems. 
It it causes problems in everyday relationships. And it does. I remember that when my grandmother was young, she put her money in the bank, and the bank folded and kept her money. And from that day on, she never trusted a bank again for the rest of her life. Amen. It's a real world, real people, real God, real power. Amen? Our backbiting, that means that we speak maliciously about a person who is absent conversation. Our backbiting, our gossiping nature, our running each other down, come from childhood insecurity. Yes. When we read the book of Psalms carefully, we notice how often our fears and insecurities are mentioned first. Then the call to trust in the Lord. Israel was extremely insecure after having been in Egypt for over 400 years. So even after God sent Moses and they had all the plagues and all of that and delivered them, even after God supplied them with all of the, all that they needed and even caused their shoes to last 40 years, still, They couldn't trust God to take them into the promised land. No matter how much God provided for them, they still had difficulty, great difficulty in trusting God. They just couldn't get it through their heads that you could trust a God that you can't see. So what did they do? The first chance they got, they they decided they wanted to do what the pagans were doing. They were going to make them some kind of a, a figure to look like a god and say, okay, that's my god. It had to be something they could smell, something they could touch, something they could visually see or hear. They were not going to trust this god that you can't see. And unfortunately, too many people are still that way. They want something you can see. Never mind this God who came to earth for 33 years to set them all free. Never mind him. (laughs) Well, many times Christians can relate pass answers to prayer, and tell of all their glories. Oh, it was so wonderful when the Lord answered my prayer and did this and this and this and that. They can tell you all that. But today, they are experiencing difficulty due to the unfaced insecurities of childhood hang-ups. 
Now, you're going to have to sit with the Lord, saints, and let him selectively take you to certain individual situations that have happened in your past to show you how it's still affecting you today. You have to sit with the Lord for this sermon to soak in. And so your homework is to recast this sermon at least one more time. And take your time and listen to it, and as you listen, pause and make notes with the Lord. Have a conversation with the Lord as you get to certain points. You know, pause it, talk to the Lord about it some, and then start it again. You've got to get the most out of this. You can't just hear it like it's a gloss over. No, you got to let it hit you somewhere. Amen? Do we understand? you got to let it actually touch your life somewhere. Amen? you got to let it touch you. You can't just sit there and, okay, I heard what you said, Pastor. No, it's digging time. It's, it's digging time. Digging inside your life. Amen. So we must come to the place where we go into the sanctuary of our prayer closet to take care of the emotional pressure we sense as we attempt to live in a God-hating world. That's right. We must come to the place where we go into the sanctuary of our prayer closet to take care of the emotional pressure we sense when we attempt to live in a God-hating world. Let's go to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. Psalm 73, beginning with verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, truly God is good to Israel. But I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compasses them about as a chain. They're wearing it. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, his people return thither, and the waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. 
And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, surely, I've cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. I'll get in trouble. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation? As in a moment. Remember Nabal? Fool. He had plenty. David said, okay, we've, we've watched over your workers and we've watched over your, you know, during shearing season and nobody came and harmed you because we were protecting. Just give the young men something, you know, because they need to eat, of course. And he was so arrogant and full of himself. Who is David? And why should I? And he just went on and on like that. He went on to be drunk and merry and have a feast fit for kings, but his day came without warning. Amen? They, how are they brought into desolation, as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors, as a dream when one awaketh. So, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved and I was pricked in my reins, in my emotions. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I'm continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. You kept holding me, Lord. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart fainteth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. So, in this psalm, the psalmist explains that he was he was confused. He couldn't quite get it. He couldn't understand. How is it he was doing his best to live for God and these heathen people that didn't care that God exists, they send as much as they want, they do whatever they want, they were living high on the hog and he had to suffer. It wasn't until he got to church that he understood that their end is coming shortly and they're not going to be high on any hog anywhere. But we will enter into everlasting dwellings with the Lord, you see. And some people still don't understand that and they still make 
the decision to chase mammon. So let's look at two types of Christians. One is in the majority and the other in the minority. Most of these saints quote Psalm 56, verse 3. This is what they say. This is how they deal with their insecurity. Psalm 56, verse 3. They say, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Well, that's good. That's very good, as long as they can do it. Great verse. But notice, saints, that this person is saying, when fear comes, I will trust God. Or, I know fear is on its way. When it comes, I will trust God. Well, the other saint, the one that's in the minority, is found in verse 11. Psalm 56, verse 11. And this is what this saint has to say. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. So, let's look at this. One is saying, I'm fully expecting fear to show up, and when it shows up, I'm going to trust God. And the other one says in verse 11, I put my trust in God. It doesn't matter what comes, I'm already settled. My trust is in God. See the difference? This saint, the one from verse 11, has a relationship with his Lord that supersedes fear. This saint is always ready for anything that can happen. This saint-God relationship seems to be the obvious answer to the dilemmas of insecurity. That's right. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Amen. This relationship with the Lord is a daily walk with him, a trusting fellowship. The insecurities of the past and the insecurities constantly surrounding us will not automatically fade away. They must be faced, saints. Yes, we must face them. We must face them with a constant confession out of our mouth. That's right. We've got to say something in line with the word of God out of our mouth against these insecurities and defeat them with the sword of the spirit coming out of our mouth. Remember, I preached not too long ago about releasing, speaking forth the word. All right. So we have to release a constant confession out of our mouths 
which, number one, who we are in Christ. You ought to know who you are in Christ by now. It's got to say, number two as well, what he has done for us. What has he done for you? And number three, what he has prepared for us. So your confession has to include who you are in Christ, what Christ has done for you, and what Christ has prepared for you. There, three things. You can handle that. Amen? Instead of confessing what we can't do, let's say boldly, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. How about that? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's far better than what I can't do, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. Amen. It's a convicting word, but we need it. Instead of saying what our present physical distress is, let's say Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Amen? Amen. Let the word do the work. But you have to give it breath and life. You have to have... You have to believe the word that comes out of your mouth because then your behavior has to back it up. Amen? You got to believe this word. Amen. 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 You got to believe this word, you know. Saints like used to like to go around just quoting scriptures, but you've got to believe what's coming out of your mouth. And you've got to believe it to the point that you back it up with your behavior because the devil is going to come try you. If you think he's going to let you get away with uh, just, you know, just saying scriptures because you can read, you're wrong. You've got to really believe what's coming out of your mouth And you've got to stand on this word no matter what he brings to try you. You don't have to keep your insecurities. You can ditch every single one of them. Jesus came to set the captives free. You can come out of bondage, but you've got to do what it takes to get out. Amen? No longer should we talk about the weak society surrounding us, but instead reflect on the heavenly host that surrounds us. There is an innumerable, innumerable cloud of witnesses. There's a cloud of witnesses that went ahead of us. They're pulling for us. You know it. Amen? Try this one. Listen to this. I will not allow my mouth to violate my believing heart by saying anything that defeats 
the finished work of my Lord Jesus Christ on the cross for me. No, not even in my thoughts. Let me let me give it to you again. I will not allow my mouth. That means you have to have control over your mouth to violate my believing heart by saying anything that defeats the finished work of my Lord Jesus Christ on the cross for me. No, not even in my thoughts. I'm not going to let anything come out of my mouth that's going to influence me more than what Jesus has already done for me. I'm not going to let it happen. That's an important stand to take. But when you take it, you got to be ready to back it up. Well, what if I fail? Get back up and do it again. There you go. Get right back up, dust the bottom off, and keep right on going. You know, that's how babies learn to walk. They get up and try, they pull up, and then they fall down, and then they get back up and try it again. And they keep doing that. They keep getting up and trying it again and trying it again till they get it. And if you keep cheering, they won't develop a pity party. So now, some divorces happen due to an inability to trust each other. Marriage does not change people's personality. I know we wish it did, but it just doesn't work that way. It does not erase childhood patterns and in most cases, does not erase insecurity. In fact, if insecurities are there, it may even magnify and amplify them, and quite often it does. In wisdom, I encourage all engaged and married couples to take time to get to know each other. That doesn't mean two months. It means take some real time. Amen? Take time to discuss with each other without judgment any problems you all feel have followed you from a very insecure childhood. If the person is judgmental, you need to just eliminate them. Forget it. Because they're not mature enough to even hold the conversation about something that this that is this personal and important to you. They need to go someplace and grow up some more. They need to deal with them their own selves. Amen? Sometimes it is financial. It could be sexual, even loneliness. Face them. Whatever your insecurities are, face them. Get them out in the open and begin to allow the security of the Lord to surface in your lives and in your home. Learn to become Trusting spouses. Amen? Hmm. Learn to become trusting 
spouses. This can be done. Difficult maybe, but not impossible. You can learn to become trusting spouse. You can say this, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, by your grace, I will face any insecurities that hinder me from trusting others. If I cannot delegate or if I cannot trust, there must be a reason. Lord, help me to face up to this weakness. As I grow in my ability to trust you, Lord, I should grow in my ability to trust others. If I am not growing in my ability to trust others, even to allow others to receive credit, then it is possible, Lord, that I am not trusting you as I should. So, Lord, I have decided that my confession is I will overcome all of my insecurities and become a trusting soul by your help, in Jesus' name. Now, what do you think of that thing? I don't know anybody that doesn't have some insecurity. Okay? I don't know anybody. I can't, I can't think of one person that doesn't have some insecurity somewhere in their lives. And if you knew them well enough, you might be able to point it out. But they find it difficult to overcome. Why? Well, let me explain a few things. If it's generational, if it's generational, then there's an inborn weakness in dealing with it. Why? Because somewhere in the past, you know, God puts up boundaries that keep us safe. If people through their sins start tearing through those boundaries, by the time you come along, there may not be a boundary left in that area. Amen? So here you are. Now you're getting the word of God, and you're trying to put it in place with the help of the Lord so that your wall your boundary can be rebuilt. That's work, yeah. But it's worth the work. It's worth the effort. It's worth the labor. You see, God has to take us down to wherever it is he has to take us so we can see what he's showing us and how it's affecting our lives. That takes a little time, and it takes some honesty. It takes some humility. It takes some truth. It takes some transparency. It takes some time. But once God can show us where we're missing it, we have the ability to walk in freedom. He said we would know the truth and the truth would make us free. Come on, folks. That's what he said. Amen. It's the truth. That we need. But you know, as long as you don't want to deal with that truth, you're not going to get all the freedom that you want. 
Amen. That's what he said. Amen. Some of us don't really want to know the truth. We don't want to know that Aunt Margie uh, wasn't telling us the truth all the time. Amen. We don't want to know this and we don't want to know that. And we don't want to know the other about our past. And I can't think of any. God knows what the truth is. He said in John eight thirty two, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You want to be free? You need some more truth. You need God to show you what's holding you back. And it may be painful. Most of the time it is. And some people, once it, he starts to reveal what's painful to us, most people run. They run and run and keep on running. But, saints, I'm going to challenge you to quit the running, turn in your tennis shoes. In order to turn, we've got to have some truth. We've got to become freer. And maybe, maybe you don't need those tennis shoes in Christ. I think you know what I'm saying. We've got to come to deal with who we are, with what's holding us back, And we can't pretend that it's nothing there, because there is. Jesus will show you what you need to know, but you've got to be willing to know it. And most of us do not really want to know all that. Amen? Most of us really don't want to know. Amen? (laughs) That's one of the holdups. Jesus is prepared to bring us the truth, but some of us are just scared to find out. We don't want the lies that we have trusted in all this time to be torn down. But saints, Jesus is in the truth. He is the truth. You can't hang out with him forever and not have any truth. You got to get truth, okay? You got to get there. So go in your prayer closet. Jesus will be waiting. But be for real. You got to be for real. You got to, you know, all the hypocrisy, it's got to go. All the cover-ups have got to go. You got to deal with raw truth when it comes to Jesus. And I encourage you to do just that. You want to be free? Well, Freedom isn't free. Jesus had to die on the cross. And you're going to have to die to yourself. Amen. It's a real world. It's a real world. You want to be free? Some of them lies you believe in your whole life. I remember I was watching this TV show, and they were talking about ancestry. And this lady, she had... um, like hazel eyes and short, uh, kind of blondish hair. And she said, they told us that my uncle so-and-so was a fine man and an upstanding citizen and a blah, blah, blah. And I just, she just went on and on. And then the moderator says, well, we went back into the history records and we went back into the archives. And what this says about that person 
is that they was a hard person. They were so hard that they would kill a man. They'd have him in those coal mines, and this person has literally beat men to death with his fists and whipped them to death with whips and worked them without feeding them until they dropped dead. She had to face that. She had to face it. She she couldn't believe the lie her family had given her anymore. In fact, she was so uh, moved by it that she could hardly talk. You see, when, when the lies begin to peel away and the truth begins to come out, it's a revelation. Certainly it is. But you can't sit there and hold on to those lies and stay in Jesus. If you want to hang with Jesus, you're going to have to learn, develop a love for the truth. No matter what it leads you to, you got to hold on to the truth. It's a challenge, but you can do it. You can do it in Jesus Christ. You got enough power in the Lord. You got to have faith in the Lord. You got to trust the Lord, but you can have the truth and be free. Amen? Amen. We all need to be free. Freer than we've ever been before. I think um I think everybody wants to be free, but you got to pay the price to be free. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So Let's get on down the road because I got some reading I got to do. And uh, God is going to help us through all of this. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. Left-wing groups are filing complaints and lawsuits claiming that conservative school districts are discriminating against transgender students by adopting policies based on biological sex. Meanwhile, parents nationwide are pushing back against transgender school policies. Many schools and universities now require girls and women to share restrooms and locker rooms with biological males. Many parents also have gone on the offensive at school board meetings to stop schools from calling their children by transgender pronouns, their knowledge. The pro-transgender legal actions are an intimidation tactic to force compliance with their incorrect legal analysis, said Jonathan Hullahan, a Texas attorney for the conservative watchdog group Citizens Defending Freedom. The Watchdog Group released a statement on September 18th defending a conservative Texas school board's restroom policy matching biological sex. They want schools to self-adopt gender identity policies, he added. Left-wing advocacy groups contend that transgender students are being unjustly discriminated against. State branches of the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, and groups such as Lambda Legal 
who have filed lawsuits or complaints with the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights against school systems in Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Idaho over transgender rights. Complaints allege that school restrooms and pronoun policies based on sex at birth violate transgender students' civil liberties under Title IX. This 1972 law bars discrimination based on sex and in a federally funded education program. Critics say the Biden administration is trying to change the meaning of Title IX by claiming that it protects gender identity. The Department of Education issued guidance in June 2021 prohibiting discrimination based on gender identity and promised enforcement against violators, including loss of federal funding for schools. This past June, Keller Independent School District in North Texas took a stand against transgender ideology. The school board adopted policies contradicting the federal government's transgender rights interpretation. The district designated personal spaces according to biological sex and instructed staff, educators, and other employees to address students using the pronouns associated with their birth certificates. Keller Independent School District also required its schools to make reasonable accommodations for students, including use single-user bathrooms for transgender students. On August 10th, the ACLU of Texas and other groups filed a sex discrimination complaint against the district with the Office of Civil Rights, claiming Keller Independent School District was violating Title IX. Also, the ACLU of Texas filed a sex discrimination complaint against Frisco Independent School District in North Texas in November 2022 after the school board voted to tie restroom use to biological sex. Later, however, the district posted on its website that transgender students could use the restroom of their choice. Parents at the Frisco Independent School District complained during public comment at a board meeting that a girl identifying as a boy was seen using a prosthetic device called a stand-to-pee packer, whatever that is, to relieve herself at the boy's urinal. Citizens Defending Freedom defended the Keller District saying in a news release that the Biden-aligned ACLU of Texas had made baseless allegations of discrimination. The ACLU's complaint lacks both factual and legal merit, and it appears to be an attempt to intimidate Keller Independent School District and other school districts into submission, the group stated. The U.S. Justice Department under President Biden has wrongly targeted outspoken parents, according to conservative lawmakers. The department issued a mandate in 2021 to investigate vocal parents showing up at school boards in places like Loudoun County, Virginia. In this Washington-area suburb, a girl was raped in a restroom by a skirt-wearing boy who was quietly transferred to another school where he sexually assaulted another girl. 
The first girl's father grew angry when the school board closed the discussion on the matter, and he was arrested, triggered a parent's revolt that spread from Loudoun County across the nation. The National School Boards Association and the White House coordinated to develop a letter urging the federal enforcement to investigate parents using counterterrorism tools such as the Patriot Act. According to a report from the House Committee on the Judiciary and the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government, the report resulted from an investigation led by Republican Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio into the misuse of government resources against U.S. citizens. Contrary to the ACLU's claims, no federal or state law prohibits the actions of Keller independent school district and other schools to base policy on sex instead of gender ideology, according to the CDF's news release. Interpreting Title IX as the ACLU did would require a distorted, illogical reading of the law as Title IX explicitly allows for distinctions based on biological sex. The watchdog group stated that the ACLU's reliance on the U.S. Supreme Court's 2020 decision in Bostock versus Clayton County is misplaced. That opinion dealt with Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1974. The high court ruled that employers can't discriminate based on homosexuality or gender identity status. Bostock does not extend to the Title IX context, as courts nationwide have affirmed. The Title IX contains provisions that authorize or allow sex-separate activities and facilities based on biological sex. CDF stated that these provisions are consistent with the law's intent and congressional review. The ACLU's complaint claims that Keller Independent school districts' policies may harm the mental health of transgender, non-binary, and intersex students. CDF contends, however, that Keller Independent School District is one of the few school districts to assert that the very that the best way to protect all students and respect parental authority is to maintain the binary distinction between male and female. I am proud to stand alongside CDF in its support of Keller Independent School District on this issue, said Janelle Davis, an education law attorney who collaborates with CDF. Conservative states such as Texas are getting involved in fighting the Biden administration's take on Title IX as well. In June, Texas sued the U.S. Department of Education for threatening to withhold billions of dollars in federal funds from schools that refuse to adopt transgender ideology. The Department of Education wants to radically transform educational institutions by equating sex with gender identity or transgender status, according to the lawsuit filed by the Texas Office of the Attorney General. As legal challenges mount on both sides, it becomes likely that the U.S. Supreme Court will weigh in. In August, an Ohio judge ruled against parents suing to force the Bethel Local School District 
to reverse its decision to allow transgender students to use restrooms matching their gender identity. In January, the American Civil Liberties Union and the ACLU of Ohio intervened on behalf of a transgender student at the Bethel School. U.S. District District Judge Michael J. Newman for the Southern District of Ohio dismissed all of the parents' uh, federal claims, effectively terminating the case, according to an ACLU release. Nothing in the constitutional guarantees of parental rights, equal protection, or free exercise of religion mandates that transgender students be excluded from gender-appropriate communal restrooms on the basis of their classmates' beliefs and values, said David Carey, Deputy Legal Director of the ACLU of Ohio. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. School officials in Oregon have decided that proficiency in reading, writing, and math are no longer necessary in order to graduate, reasoning that minority children are not testing well and therefore the current standards are discriminatory. Yes, really. Oregon school chiefs have again suspended the need for high schoolers to prove their math, reading, and writing skills in order to graduate. The State Board of Education voted last week to continue the suspension for another five years amid claims they are unfair on minority students who don't test well. In order to earn a diploma, graduating students were previously required to earn standardized test scores indicating proficiency in reading, writing, and math. But this was put on pause during the pandemic as standardized tests weren't happening amid school closures. Following a unanimous vote by the Oregon State Board of Education last week, the requirement will not be in place for at least the next five years. Opponents of the essential skills requirement argued it was harmful to students of color. Well, excuse me, but that was the standard I used, and all of my classmates did too. And I was a national merit semifinalist. Excuse me, it worked for me. It'll work for anybody else, too. All right? Students with disabilities and those learning English as a second language. These groups were frequently required to take extra math and writing classes in their senior year to prove they deserved to graduate. But board members underscored that state-mandated standardized tests will still be administered to most Oregon high school students they just won't be used to determine whether a student has the skills necessary necessary to graduate. The only thing we are suspending is the inappropriate use of how these assessments were being used. State Board Member Vicki Lopez Sanchez, a dean at Portland Community College, said during Thursday's meeting, I think that really is in the best interest of Oregon students. Hundreds of people submitted public comments urging the board to reinstate the standards. But Board Chair Guadalupe Martinez Zapata described the pushback as a campaign of misinformation. Mm -hmm. During a September meeting, she likened rhetoric about cultural and social norms being the underlying reason for underperformance on assessments by systematically marginalized students 
to racial superiority arguments. It is not bigoted. It is not racist to want your student to be able to actually learn. Former gubernatorial candidate Christine Drazen told Fox News, Drazen ran for governor last year, losing to Democrat Tina Kotek by less than 4% of the vote. The the overhaul of the skills requirement is a part of a bigger issue, she said, and education, as education officials are now considering equity grading instead of the traditional A to F scale. They are now moving forward with an agenda that says if you cheat, you can't be flunked. If you don't show up, you can't you don't get a zero, she said. They're not going to have homework that they grade because having homework somehow they view as being inequitable. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. Oof. Now, we are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning the Bilderberg Group, formed in 1954, was founded by founded in the Netherlands as a secretive meeting held once a year, drawing roughly 130 of the political, financial, military, academic media elites from North America and Western Europe as an informal network of influential people who could consult each other privately and confidentially. Regular participants include the CEOs or chairman of some of the largest corporations in the world, oil companies such as Royal Dutch Shell, British Petroleum, and Total SA, as well as various European monarchs, international bankers such as David Rockefeller, major politicians, presidents, prime ministers, and central bankers of the world. Referring to a 2006 article, which is no longer available on the Internet, the global elite wrote that the Bilderberg Group acts as a secretive global think tank with an original intent to link governments and economies in Europe and North America amid the Cold War. Search Watch notes that since 1973, Japanese elite excuse me, have been brought into the fold through a third overlapping group, the Trilateral Commission. Why did the Bilderberg Group include Japan? At the 1973 Bilderberg meeting, attendees discussed the need for cooperation between the European community, USA, and Japan. Yep, that's what they did for sure. Chief among the reasons for cooperation was the fact that the European community, the U.S. and Japan, were all dependent, at least in the medium term, on other countries for their energy supplies. By energy, the Bilderbergers were referring to the mainstay of the world's energy supply, oil. It was at this Bilderberg conference Some speculate that the group formulated the plan for the 1973 oil crisis, which occurred five months later. So who is the power behind the Bilderberg Group? Walter Vase is a retired South African professor and researcher in medical bioscience. He abandoned his atheist evolutionist worldview following a series of challenging events 
for which his scientific training offered neither explanations nor solutions. Since then, he has traveled the world presenting thoroughly researched lectures on Bible prophecy, health, creation science, and secret societies. 2012 lecture, he discussed who is wielding the money and power behind the scenes to engineer a global takeover and a and set up a new world order. He did this um, series, and one of them was called uh, Repairing the Breach. He covers who controls the money and power behind the European Union and the Bilderberg Group and their connections to the Jesuits. Many tend to think the Bilderberg Group was the brainchild of Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, but he was the front man. The Bilderberg Group was set up by Joseph Rettinger, or Rettinger, a Polish politician. This is clearly stated in Prince Bernhard's authorized biography and the subsequent ones that stem from it, which have had a great, if indefinite, impact on the history of our times, are perhaps, in this writer's opinion, Prince Bernhard's proudest achievement in the field of Western unity and national international amnity. It was not Bernard's original idea, but had its inception in the brilliant brain of Dr. Joseph H. H. Rettinger. Rettinger was an extraordinary character who flitted through Europe taking on intimate terms, talking on intimate terms with prime ministers, labor leaders, industrial magnates, revolutionaries, and intellectuals. In short, all the non-communist rulers would be rulers of the free nations of Europe. Though people persist in calling Rettner an 18th 18th century man functioning in the 20th century, he was not that at all. He came straight out of the Renaissance instead of the skeptical attitude, typical attitude of the 18th century, his jez the Jesuitical, just forget it, conviction because he was a Jesuit, that the end justified the means and a Borgian aptitude for intrigue, but the ends he sought were never selfish. They were good. Though his name is virtually unknown except to the initiates, he made more history in his secret way than many a man who moved to the sound of trumpets and the howl of motorcycle sirens. According to the official publication, the European Center of Culture, Rettinger was the key figure in most of the great European unions. The League of European Economic Corporation, from which evolved the common market, the European movement, and the European Center of Culture would not have seen the light without him. The Congress of Europe at The Hague was his doing, and the Council of Europe grew out of that. Redinger's friends described him with adjectives like brilliant, charming, discreet, loyal, brave, modest, selfless, mysterious, rough, frank, direct, tenacious. All agreed that he was a fine uh, psychologist, at times manipulative, uh, someone who took pleasure in juggling with the ideas and with the emotions of the people around him. His enemies, however, said he was the devil incarnate. They accused him of every kind of crime. They regarded him at at best 
as the political adventurer and at worst as an agent of evil forces. His enemies feared him as much as they hated him. Few dared to name him. Most often they called him Dr. R or Mr. R or simply R. Teleport confirmed that Redinger was the founder and secretary of the Bilderberg Conference. And according to Teleport, Redinger was accused by a whispered rumor of being a Vatican agent, a Jesuit spy, a high-ranking Mason, a Knight of Malta, a Jew, a homosexual, a CIA agent, a Zionist agent, a MI5 agent, a MI6 agent, a Russian agent, and the devil's cousin. And he'd say, that's not the half of it. During World War II, Redinger's most famous nickname was Salamander. Stephen Doral revealed in his 2000 book that Redinger was a special operations executive asset. In 1943, the 55-year-old Redinger joined a special operations executive and parachuted into Poland to make contact with the underground home army. Within SOE, Salamander formed a number of important friendships in the intelligence world, most notably with its executive director, Colin Gubbins, who shared his ideas of European unity with a mutual old friend. Uh, Major Edward Beddington Berens. I'm not going to make it all the way through this, but I'm going to try to give you as much background as possible. I know you have heard us praying about the uh, Bilderberger group, and Pastor Pat taught us about it, but of course she didn't have as much time on the air as she would like. So I have uh, dug this up. And I'm going to read as much as I can read, but then you'll get to finish reading it on your own. Okay, so SOE was a British force set up in 1940 to wage a secret war behind enemy lines. It was abolished in January 1946. The Secret Intelligence Service, commonly referred to as MI6 or Military Intelligence Section 6, absorbed much of its training and research staff. Uh, Redinger was not only an agent of British intelligence agencies, he was also a Jesuit spy. In his book, The Bilderbergers, Puppet Masters of Power, an investigation, okay, that's the name of the book, long name, German German journalist, writer, and documentary maker Gernhard Wasniewski referred to Jan Schuck-Selt's writings Rettinger became a priest as a young man and completed the Jesuit Novitate in Rome. And since celibacy appeared to him as a hurdle that was too great, he had again nailed up the priestly profession. Winelski went on to say that after Rettinger's second wife died in 1933, it looks as if the widower Rettinger has not Started a new relationship afterwards, but rather insisted, but rather instead reflect on his Jesuit existence and plunge into conspiratorial work. It would be naive to assume that powerful clubs like Bilderberger were created 45 years ago by a few conversations out of nowhere. In reality, these Bilderbergers relied on ancient structures to whom they give a new appearance, he said. Adding to the weight of the evidence that Renger was a Jesuit, 
according to uh, what I can't say that name, New World NWO in the book, The Secret World Power. Creep. Okay. Con- Conrad C. Stein wrote, Rettinger is generally regarded as the Polish agent of the Vatican who acted as a liaison between the Pope and the Jesuit order. And summarized, as summarized, Rettinger embodied being an agent for the Vatican as well as several intelligence agencies, including British Secret Service and MI5 and 6. It is no wonder that some researchers would describe the Bilderberg Group as a creation of the Vatican or, more specifically, the Jesuits, while others describe it as the creation of MI6. And... Wait a minute, let's see where I stop. In the book, Daniel Estelin wrote, every British prime minister for the past 30 years has felt compelled to attend Bilderberg conferences. In fact, some say the Bilderberg group is really a creation of MIT under the direction of the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Frequently, the Royal Institute of International Affairs affairs is referred to as Chatham House. However, Estulin explained a subtle difference. Bilderberg meetings follow a traditional protocol founded in 1919 in the wake of the Paris Peace Conference held at Versailles for the Royal Institute of International Affairs based in Chatham House in London. While the name Chatham House is commonly used to refer to the institute itself, the Royal Institute of International Affairs is a foreign policy executive arm of the British monarchy. Quoting Pierre Baudry's, whatever that is, Estelin wrote, The plan of the British intelligence was to get Joseph Rettinger, who would later become one of the key founding fathers of the European movement, to organize the Bilderberg Group as the real power brokers behind the different governments of Europe and of the United States. The European movement was launched in 1948 and is a lobbying association that coordinates the efforts of associations and national councils to promote European integration. He continued, according to another observer, Redinger, a Jesuit, was funded with secret money from the U.S. State Department and kept afloat with massive subventions through Thomas Braden, head of the CIA's International Organization Division. If MI6 needed a royal face to give the Bilderbergers public support and promotional policies, possibilities, then Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, uh, known for his numerous close ties to the European royalty and top industrialists, was an ideal contact man and was thus seemingly given the diplomatic presidency of the group, but it was Rettinger who actually managed the group from behind the scenes until his death on June 12, 1960. Taking all of the above in the round, it seems that MI-16, the CIA, and the Jesuits were influential in the creation of the Bilderberg Group with Rettinger as their agent. Should we be surprised that these three secretive organizations are working towards the same aims, not according to Veth. In 2004, Veth gave a series of 36 lectures titled Total Onslaught. 
He quoted a book written in 1960 which stated the Knights of the Military Order of Malta not only control the banking industry and military complexes of the world, but they also rule the international intelligence community, the KGB in the East and the CIA in the West. And as it is the Jesuits who control the Knights of Malta, it is ultimately the Jesuits who control the intelligence agency. Therefore, Rettinger, being an M16 agent and CIA agent, was secondary to the global hierarchy to being a Jesuit. In other words, according to this hierarchy, his orders would have come from the Society of Jesus. Former intelligence officer John Coleman describes the hierarchy differently. It's unclear if he is describing the same by a different name or an entirely different structure. However, he concurred that Redinger was a Jesuit and stated that certain Vatican leaders are today seated on the Committee of 300. Coleman asserts that the Bilderberger Group is the foreign policy body of the Committee of 300, a committee of 300 men whose identity is known only to each other who rule the world. He wrote, perhaps the most important member of the Bilderbergs was Joseph Redinger, Redinger, who was a well-trained Jesuit priest and a 33rd degree Freemason. As we noted in the previous article, well, Freemasonry as we know it today was founded in 1717 when four London lodges merged to form England's first Grand Lodge and then quickly spread across Europe and to the American colonies. There was a published article in 2013 that claimed high-level Freemasonry has always been a tool of the Jesuits. This is based on a statement made by William Peterson that 25 degrees of the Scottish Rite were written in the College of Jesuits of Claremont in Paris in 1754. We have not been able to independently verify this statement. However, an article published by the Scottish Rite Supreme Council in the Philippines about its history confirms a Paris aristocratic chapter of Clamont that was founded by Chevalier de Bonneville at the College of Jesuits in 1954. Coleman mentions some of the members of the Committee of 300, which include Freemasons in the Vatican hierarchy. Pope Paul Pope John Paul I was quietly murdered because he was getting too close to specialists in their fields, including cultus diabolicus, mind-altering drugs, and specialists in murder by poison, intelligence, banking, and every facet of commercial activity. M16, Coleman stated, is the Committee of 300's main resource when it comes to intelligence. With the backing of such formidable force, the Committee of 300 had little fear from ever being exposed, and this will go on for decades. Coleman's description of the Committee of 300's modus operandi is reminiscent of the Jesuit oath, which, as a Jesuit, Rettner would have taken. According to the Jesuit oath, members of the Society of Jesus, or Jesuits, swear absolute allegiance to the Pope as the true and only head of the Catholic Church or Universal Church and to keep secret all her agents' counsels 
and not divulge directly or indirectly by word, writing, or circumstances, whatever. And Jesuits also vow to destroy their opposition. And Jesuits also vow to destroy their opposition. And Jesuits also vow to destroy their opposition. Okay? Heretics, Protestants, and liberals, by whatever means possible, openly or secretly, I do furthermore promise and declare that I will, when opportunity presents, make and wage relentless war secretly or openly against heretics, Protestants, and liberals, as I am directed to extirpate them from the face of the earth, and that I will spare neither age, sex, nor condition, and that I will hang, burn, waste, boil, flay, strangle, and bury alive those infamous infamous heretics, rip up the stomachs and wombs of the women, and crush their infant's head against the walls in order to annihilate their inexorable race, that when the same cannot be done openly, I will secretly use the poisonous cup, the strangulation cords, the steels of the poignards, and the leaden or the leaden bullets, regardless of the honor, rank, dignity, or authority of the persons, whatever may be their condition in life, either public or private, as I at any time may be directed by any agent of the Pope or the superior of the Holy Father of the Society of Jesus. It is this secretive society with the vilest of aims that, according to several researchers, either directly or indirectly founded, and to a less greater or lesser degree controls the Bilderberg Group. Ooh, I need to take a sip. <laughs> All right, so we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications on such. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning the Biden administration has warned U.S. banks and other financial institutions that they can't reject illegal immigrant credit applications based solely or predominantly on their immigration status. The Department of Justice, the DOJ, and the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, CFPB, said in a recent statement that rejecting illegal immigrants for credit cards and various types of loans just because they are non-citizens is unlawful. The two agencies stated that they were issuing the warning because consumers have reported being rejected for credit cards as well as for auto student personal and equipment loans because of their immigrations, even when they have strong credit histories and ties to the United States and are otherwise qualified to receive the loans. Specifically, the agency cited the provisions of the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, which protects credit applicants from discrimination based on such characteristics as race, religion, sexual orientation, and national origin. The agencies argue that protections afforded by the Equal Credit Opportunity Act and other laws extend to alienage, so banks that have blanket policies to deny loans to illegal immigrants may be breaking the law. Lenders should not deny people the opportunity to take out a loan to buy a home, build their businesses, or otherwise pursue their financial goals because of unlawful bias and without regard to their actual ability to repay. 
Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark for the DOJ Civil Rights Division said in the statement, fair access to credit is crucially important for building wealth and strengthening household financial stability. CFPB Director Rohit Chopra said in a statement, the CFPB will not allow companies to use immigration status as an excuse for illegal discrimination. Bud Cummings, a former U.S. attorney, objected to the agency's warning to banks and other financial institutions. DOJ and CFPB tell banks it might be illegal to refuse loan money to people who broke federal law to reach the bank. You got to be kidding me. The invasion of illegal immigrants is intentional and must be stopped, he wrote on Twitter, whichever it is this week. According to the Center for Immigration Studies, there are roughly 11.35 million illegal immigrants residing in the United States as of January 2022. The agency said that ECOA protections extend to alienage. Although in a joint statement they acknowledge some gray area, namely that the act does not expressly prohibit consideration of immigration status. Some financial institutions have maintained blanket policies denying people credit based on their immigration status without regard of their ability to repay, interpreting ECOA in a way that they believe shields them from liability, according to the agencies which added that this is incorrect. A creditor may consider an applicant's immigration status when necessary to ascertain the creditor's right regarding repayment, the agency said, explaining that Regulation B, a rule that implements ECOA, expressly states that the only conditions under which immigration status may be considered is only to determine the creditor's rights and remedies regarding repayment of a loan. If financial institutions consider immigration status for any other reasons, the agency says they're probably breaking the law. Creditors should be aware that unnecessary or overboard reliance on immigration status and the credit decisioning process, including when that reliance is based on bias, may run afoul of ECOA's anti-discrimination provisions and can also violate other laws, the agency says. The other laws mentioned could refer to the 1866 Civil Rights Act, so known as Section 1981, which the agency said in their joint statement has long been construed to prohibit discrimination based on alienage. They said that courts have found that ECOA's prohibition of national origin discrimination in Section 1981's prohibitions complement one another and that the discrimination that arises from overboard restrictions on lending to non-citizens may violate either or both statutes. It's unclear whether any banks or financial institutions intend to challenge the DOJ and CFPB's interpretation of the law regarding the provision of loans to illegal immigrants. Amen. So, Here we have it, saints. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are are presenting these adjudications to the righteous judge for his decision. 
concerning such and his actions concerning such. We want to thank you that you received us, that you listened to us, and that you will act. Amen? That you will act. We want to thank you for that, Lord. Amen. Brother Marshall, we're ready to pray. I didn't know that if I broke the law and and came to America against the laws of immigration, that then I could march up to your bank and tell them to give me a loan. You should tell me that. We're learning lots of new things, but the Lord knows all this ahead of time. He knows what's been going on in secret for a long time. And who's pulling what strings? Oh, my goodness. Father, we live in very interesting times. We're all here for such a time as this. Esther was quite surprised when she found out that her husband sided with this guy in the book of Esther that wanted to kill her people. She was really quite blown away by the whole thing. She was uh, trying to do what uh, she'd been raised by her uncle to do, Mordecai. She was trying to be careful. Then she realized she had to be able to um, say that, gee, I'm, I'm here for such a time as this. And all of us are a little bit challenged tonight, perhaps, at least I am, to find out why we're here for such a time as this. So, Father, very interesting times. You said in the last days, you know, people will, will uh, be following different uh, plans. They're calling evil good and good evil. And my goodness, they're even making illegal laws to make, uh, to, to make themselves look like they're good. They're trying to bring into law making things that are heretical uh, to your way of thinking, that other people say, no, your ways are wrong, our ways are right. (laughs) Whose ways? They're basically, you know, whoever whoever we submit ourselves to obey, he's our master. So if somebody wants to kill, steal, and destroy, if somebody wants people to... um, affirm people's uh, decision to uh, be brainwashed and to have their genitals altered or their their uh, ability to breastfeed their children altered if they happen to grow up and want to be a girl again. They're calling that, they say, well, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, with uh, what Pharaoh did when he wanted the, the, the midwives to uh, kill all the baby boys when they were born, right? And that didn't want to work at all. Just put them in the river. That's why Moses was was putting a little basket down the river. But, Lord, you're still in charge. You're in charge, and you gave Moses' mom and dad courage <clears throat> to take care of their little boy till he was about three months old. And his little sister, Miriam, went out there and had to hang out to see what was going to happen to her little baby brother floating down the river, crying in a basket. Father God, we all feel like we're... <laughs> But you're there, Lord. You know what's going on. You had plans for Moses. You have plans for each one of us. And you don't leave us out to dry <laughs> or have to get soggy in the basket either. You take care of us. And you so you even had those in authority, like the Pharaoh's daughter, say, oh, well, we're going to raise this little baby. And uh, Oh, you found somebody who can breastfeed him? That's great. They didn't have formula back then, of course. So um, it's very convenient that Moses' mom continued to breastfeed him. He did take a little cruise for a moment, but he got to be taken care of. Father, you take care of all of us. You are El Shaddai. It means the many-breasted one. The the one who has the ability, you know, we desire the sincere milk of the word, (laughs) not to be crude or anything, but, Lord, you you took care of us when we were all babies. 
We were knit together in our mother's wombs, and we're all fearfully and wonderfully made, and you don't make any junk. Some of the Jesuits might have a different opinion, and some of these people who are being controlled by whatever groups behind the scenes that we're not supposed to know about, we think of these people that are bringing these things to light, even as we've been praying over and over and over again, Father, for all these things to be brought to light. And you said, Jesus said, very clearly, that that's what's happening, and it's happening now. It used to take a couple of years or a couple of months. Now it's taking maybe moments, and all this stuff is coming to light. Like Jesus said in uh, Luke eight seventeen, For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, nor anything hid that shall not be known or come abroad. So, Father, we all know, and some of these people are clueless, those people that have bowed down and uh, drank Satan's Kool-Aid, as it were, and, and they said, oh, yes, I want power and money and wealth and sexual pleasures, even if they're perverted, uh, whatever it is, because that way, you know, I, I can keep, um, uh, you know, my position here as a senator or as a judge or as a, as a, a, you know, a pastor or a priest or a whatever. I can do all these things and nobody knows because I'm a part of a secret group that want to maim and hit, kill the children. Father, we ask for your help and adjudication in every one of these areas. We thank you for bringing them all to light in your way and in your time. And Jesus confirms in Luke 12, too, for there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. You even told us in the verse before that beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So all some of these priests, you know, some of, even the Southern Baptists, they have some good policies, whatever, but some of them are Masons, and they think they can drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devil. Uh, they go to the little Masonic Lodge, and they drink blood or whatever it is out of a skull, and they think and they, and they think that they that ask for curses, and they say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, sure, I can be the pastor of a church, and I can do what I want with the little children in the nursery schools or in the Sunday schools. Father, we ask for adjudication for Christ's sake, for the Lord's sake, because the Lord's not willing any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So, Father, we ask you to send the Holy Ghost to bring conviction to all of these, and we can't do it on our own strength. Pat Holliday and Sabrina have been really, really clear, Pastor Sabrina, really clear at saying, you know, we can't take on the devil in our own natural strength. Henry Wright used to say, we're just gorgeous hunks of dust. Pat Holliday liked that description. In the natural, that's all we are. We're like a little vapor that passes away. We've read about recently in, in um, where is that, in James. Like a little vapor. We're only here for a little while, and then, boop, we get to go where we're going to, our long home, like it says in Ecclesiastes, the long home. The, the home where people abide more than just, you know, 100 years or whatever, 200 years, however long people live. But there are very, very few people left this earth it, with, without physically dying. And there's some crazy people find that spirit of mass insanity and mind control, psychological control behind what some people are calling World War IV. They said the war against terror was World War III. I don't know how well that worked. The war against terror seems to still be going on. Uh, only the terrorists seem to be in the in the governmental positions, rather God, and uh, and all those different CIA and KGB and MI6 and all these different groups behind them trying to pull the puppet strings. 
controlled by some people in the Vatican? All right, we're learning something new every day. Thank you for Pastor Sabrina going into this. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for inspiring her by your spirit. Father, we thank you that you did not leave us as orphans. We thank you for sending the Holy Ghost, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God, that you're teaching us all day by day. And we all are just learning. We're just like little children, but we're learning. Because you said, all of my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. Well, how do we learn? Well, we, we listen to your word. And Jesus said to those people that believed on Jews as well, that believed on him, if the real Jews, the ones that were genetically connected to Father Abraham and Jesus and all that, not the ones that came from Turkey or some other place to pretend to be Jews, they don't even follow the Torah. Jesus said to those Jews that believed on him, if you continue my word, the real word, not the rabbinical writings, the real word of God, the Torah, the real word, if you continue my word, then you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. We thank you, Father God, for the people standing for the truth, Father God, and all these things, including all these business coming against the the people, uh, trying to cause many people in schools and universities to, um, we thank you for this, this particular, this uh, um, attorney from Texas, uh, Jonathan Hollihan, uh, standing up with the citizens uh, defending freedom. The CDF group, Father God, a watchdog group, Father God. We thank you that there are people, people standing guard over the children in different areas as best they know how, trying to say, hey, wait a minute, you're misreading the law. This is not right. You're pretending. This is um, uh, an intimidation tactic forced uh, to force compliance with their incorrect legal analysis. I thank you that very succinct and clear description of what's going on with trying to pretend Title IX is going to protect people by, well, if you feel like it, if you feel not just a little bit gay, if you feel like you should go into the girl's restroom because even though you're a boy, you like to wear a skirt. By the In the Bible, it says, it, 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 the Old Testament says, it's an abomination for men to dress like women. <laughs> it's in the book. It's in there. I don't know where it is right now, but I remember reading that. Anyway, so Father God, these people don't know. And the people that get their ears pierced, big, big round earrings, they don't know that it's like the, 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 the servant who decided he wanted to be permanently uh, joined to his master because he loved his master and because his master gave him a wife and they had children and all the rest of that. But some of these people don't know what they're doing when all they're doing, all these piercings and everything that they're doing. Father God, we just, Father, now she wasn't talking about that and all these different things, but Father, there's a lot of weird sexual nonsense going on. We thank you for the, the students. Uh, that that brought to light what's going on, Father God, and particularly the parents standing up for their own children, particularly in the business what happened in in wherever it was just outside of Washington, Virginia, Father God, that this the parents said, no way, no way, you can't rape my my daughter just because you're pretending to be a girl. How can you rape somebody? It doesn't make sense, Father God. We we bind that spirit, Satan, you're bound. The spirit of insanity, mask. Mind control and insanity and perversion. Every spirit, lust of flesh, lust of the pride of life. You, Satan, everyone under his abound, according to Matthew 18, 18, for the saints together and all the individual Holy Ghost-filled saints, according to Matthew 16, 19, because Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And Jesus said in the book of, uh, where is that, Mark? In the book of Mark, and you know, his word is forever settled in heaven. We're all going to be judged by the word. That's what it says in the Gospel of John, chapter 12. 
Yeah, yeah, we're all going to be judged by what's written. Jesus isn't going to say, oh, I'm going to make up a new rule. These people want to make up new rules. God's, the God creator of God's world's rules are written down. He, he was able to write the basic Ten Commandments with his own finger in the stone, but now he wants to write his law in our hearts, the law of love. Because when we find out we're perfectly loved by a God who sent his son to bleed and die on the tree, to take our cup of cursing, that we might receive his cup of blessing, then we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto We don't have to worry about men. They're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, every single one of you. Actually, the great white throne of the judgment, those who never even refused Jesus, rejected Jesus. Father, you said in Mark 3, where is it, Lord? Uh, 26 and following, if Satan rise up against himself, Jesus says, and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. And Lord, you said in your word that they that do know their God shall be strong. And you said in, in Isaiah 45, in the Lord have I righteousness and strength. It's not our righteousness. It's his right. We put on the robe of righteousness as we repent and renounce all sins and allegiance to Satan and his plans as we repent and renounce entertain any spirit of ungodly fear and selfishness and and all the rest of it then we put on Jesus and then guess what it's not us it's Jesus around us and in us by the spirit and we thank you for that glory for defense father like you said in Isaiah chapter 4 verse 5 thank you for glory thank you for keeping us by the power of your name father Thank you for sending the Holy Ghost, Father. We ask, Father, that you pour forth of your spirit, wake up the body of Christ all over your earth, in not just the United States and, and all of North America and even South America and all over your earth, Lord. Some Christians have been traveling and, and, and preaching, as uh, was his brother Albert Lubnitz. He didn't tell those Catholics down in Colombia, i got to repent of Catholicism. No, he just told them the truth. And then he said, well, if you, if you repent of your sins, that you know are sins, most of us don't really have a clue what our sins are. Some of these people that are Roman Catholics, some of them actually love Jesus. So anyway, he said, if you repent of your sins and ask Jesus to come live in your heart, and you ask the Father to ask Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Ghost, he will. And they did. Some of them got filled with the Holy Ghost. So, Father God, you are no respecter of persons. You know what everyone's heart is. Some of these people that pretend to be nicey-nice and do things right, some of the politicians and people in corporations and all the rest of the people that look like fascists to the outward eye, Father God, and maybe they are. Father God, you said, Father God, but there are other people that you actually love them because they're turning their hearts to you, Lord. And you know how to change their hearts. You know how to draw the children of every believer. Pagan Christine Smith's descendants like Donald Trump. Father God, you know how to draw them, Father God, to draw them, to draw them with your loving kindness, Father God. We ask you, Father God, that all the adjudications, every one of these areas that Pastor Sabrina has read through, Father God, including the business about uh, parental rights uh, in these different school districts uh, 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 with all these different things, including what's going on in Oregon um, with the um, trying to pretend that, oh, no, you don't need to know how to read, write, or do arithmetic or any of that. We're just going to, because we wanna, don't want to discriminate you. Well, I think most tests are discriminatory. They say either you pass or you fail. 
I mean, even when I went to college, they tried to change the grading and score, but they still had pass and fail. So, Father, we thank you, Father God, for the basic. You've got to know the basics. You've got to know the basics to pass any course, Father God. And some of the courses, of course, may not be that important in the long term. What's really important is knowing God. This is eternal life. They might know you, the only true God. Father, we pray, Father God, for all these people that are trying to ram through their agenda, Father God, from this whole thing behind the mind control agenda. We ask you to deliver the children, big children, little children. Some of the parents of the little children are perhaps almost as clueless as their children. Father, we ask you to save the parents, save the children from all these people that would pervert them, Father God, and all the people behind the scenes that are pulling the strings from all this stuff, from the Bilderberg Group, the Trilateral Commission, and and the, the Club of Rome, and the Committee of 300, all these things that Pastor Sabrina went through great trouble to uncover and find somebody who wrote a lot about it, which I have not read before. I've heard about the Committee of 300, had no clue who they were, but we're getting to know a little bit more. So we thank you for exposing what's going on, Father God, and the people that are pulling the puppet strings behind the, or the different puppet masters behind what's going on in this nation and what's going on. We thank you for the people standing up for the truth, even what's going on in the Middle East right now, Father God. Some people are pretending like, uh, uh, you know, well, I don't need to go into that. Father God, we ask for your divine help and adjudication in every one of these areas, Father God, in every single area, Father God. Every spirit seeking to kill, steal, or destroy, not just coming from the Vatican, coming not just coming from the CIA or the KGB or the MI6 or the Committee of 300. We ask for adjudication in every one of these areas, Father God, in Jesus' name, including the people that want to steal from the actual legal citizens of the United States.